0: i Spaces
1: It's been a while since we talked. Uh, we had that space with Cosmos basis and little gains. That's true. It feels like an eternity in crypto, you know. Yeah. it's. I think it was only maybe like a month and a half ago, maybe two months, but it does feel like it was a long time ago.
2: I mean, so much is happening in such a, you know, such fast paced. I mean, just remember last week we had the Curve exploit. So, crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah the... There's always the the latest FUD, you know. (laughs) There's always something happening where it makes people have to
2: think twice about about crypto. Yeah, but it seems like we really, uh, I think price-wise, we've hit capitulation for a long time. But now we come into the territory of time-based capitulation, you know, where people get restless, lots of infighting. But, but I feel yeah. like that you guys are doing fine. Haven't seen any, any public fights around Babylon.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are just, you know, head to the ground, just trying to build uh, the protocol, trying to build the community. Um, it's whenever um, I think you're not established already, uh, building during the bear market, I think is pretty easy. Uh, because there's no expectations really, you know, set on you. But it's I feel like for those protocols that are really are already established, that people start getting impatient with.
2: Yeah, not only that, it's much harder to, you know, find fresh talent in the bear market. Although it's cheaper, you know, there's less less interest, less people building. But you know, you build in yeah. the bear and you reap the fruits in the in the bull. That's <laughs> yeah. how it is
1: yeah I, I was um, I actually had a space last night with uh, swing um, and he was talking about how whenever he started to you know um, get bigger it was during the bull market and so it was really expensive at that time to try to hire any dev and so because you know everyone's charging top dollar whenever you know it, the market's going good so yeah definitely easier during the bear market for that reason.
2: Yeah, it, it seems like expectations regarding salaries and that kind of stuff and, and payments <laughs> are certainly coming down to more reasonable levels. Yeah. Although I, I still, from time to time, you know, when I uh, interview people, I still get like outrageous numbers, like we're in the most crazy bull market and everybody's just printing money on UST. But, you know, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> it is what it is.
1: Yeah. So, Sin, why don't you... Um... Introduce yourself um, and uh, let
2: us know what your role is at Whitewell. Sure, Eric, sure. Um, my name is David, um, or Sencom I'm a um, computer scientist by academics. Um, I used to uh, work in AI research, but I, yeah, I discovered crypto and that took my attention. And I went all in, not only f- time-wise, but passion-wise and heart-wise. So here I am. Um, Right now I'm the CTO of White Whale, which means I'm shaping the whole technical landscape and vision of White Whale. It means um, I was responsible for launching the chain. Um, I set up the validation services and so on. So that's my role at White Whale. You want to talk about White Whale as well?
1: finish the personal introductions um i can go back to the personal introductions go ahead and and talk a little bit about white whale
2: all right so white whale um some of you might know we have a history on terra classic where we originally launched as a flash loan and arbitrage protocol now terra classic or at that time terra collapsed so we pivoted to a new model we saw that you know this multi-chain vision is you know more and more coming to life and it looks very promising so we thought all right what can we do because it's still you know relatively new you know there's no no clear market leader fresh territory so we thought all right what problems can we solve and we saw a lot of problems one of them is that whenever you build a new chain for example neutron archway say you have to you need the basic defi building blocks like dex liquid staking flash loans lending and that usually you know requires a lot of time you need to find devs to build this you might have to build it yourself you have to pay a lot of money just to get the basics the 101s for your chain and what we're doing with Whitewell is we're we have a cross chain product suite that offers flash loans liquid staking um, dex even nft marketplace and soon um, potentially even a lending market to different chains and think of it like application as a service. So we you know, accelerate the growth of new blockchains. And at the same time, we're trying to you know, connect all these satellite markets that we have into one seamless experience where users can just interact with everything at once and liquidity just moves very efficiently to where it's most needed and just on a side note we're you know we also have our blockchain migaloo that is the home and let's call it command center of everything that we're <laughs> building we have validators across multiple chains we run them as a team to you know support the networks that we're building on not only on the application level but also on the infrastructure level and governance and then we also build open source mev solutions such as arbitrage bots also, cross chain arbitrage bots, liquidation bots, and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, cool. So, Sen, tell us a little bit about your journey into crypto. When did you
2: first get into it? Um, it was a couple of years ago um, during early stages, I think late 19 or something. And interestingly, the first coin I ever discovered was Sentinel, DVPN. Wow,
1: <laughs> that is so random.
2: <laughs> it it kind of is random, yes, because at that time I was, you know, reading a lot about security practices. You know, I'm a computer scientist, so I, um, you know, dug into you know cryptography and, and you know, VPNs, privacy, and in I don't know how I stumbled across, uh, you know, upon it, but then, you know, uh, back then, the VPN was still on. Um was still called Send. Yeah. And it was on Ethereum. And um yeah. And with the migration to Cosmos, that's how I got into or I, I you know got into Cosmos and I was um, I was in- impressed by the <laughs> smooth user experience and the significantly lower fees than on Ethereum. Um, and a better wallet, you know, MetaMask as so. well.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. Um I've I've not heard uh that path into crypto before so you definitely had an interesting journey into crypto.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I mean everybody has his own personal journey. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's mine. And then after DVPN, I discovered um Akash, which I think still think is a very interesting project. And from there on, you know, I just, you know, yeah, just the, into the, the whole thing exactly, <laughs> yeah. and then joined Wide Whale.
1: Yeah. For, for me, my journey into Cosmos was also a little different. Like, um, like I first heard of when I first heard of Bitcoin, I just it was only through like what was in the news. It was like, you know, it's a scam. It's used for black market. It's not something that you should be toying with. So I never, um, I remember thinking like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't need to be messing around with that. Um, and it wasn't until a friend of mine in 20, early 2017 told me about Ethereum, but, um, well, was, while I was looking at Ethereum, I was looking at other different, um, protocols and I, um, I heard of the Ethereum killer, which was Neo at the time, AntShares. And so I just had a bag of that 2017 happened and, I never sold and so I, w- I went up the high and you know experienced the low and just kind of got demoralized oh, you never and kinda... sold? No. I, 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 you know I, I heard about hodling and so I was a, <laughs> I was a big believer in that and so like as you can imagine <laughs> as you can imagine I got pretty depressed a little bit so I was like you know I need I need some time away from crypto I would just periodically check in but I wasn't um do it, like looking at it every day, like I am now. And, uh, so I had, I had this bag of Neo and I was like, okay, I want to find out if there's like an ecosystem and there was this token called switch.io. And I was just like, okay, this is the only like other token that seems like it could be doing something. And, um, like just from like studying it up a little bit, I found out that switch.io was switching over to cosmos SDK and so I was like, oh, okay. I had seen Cosmos a couple of times on CoinMarketCap. And uh, that's whenever I just kind of delved deeper into it. And so that's actually what brought me to the Cosmos ecosystem was like Switchio, which now is Carbon. Don't know if you, you've heard of Dimex and Carbon. They, um,
2: yeah, we do. Um, we've been collaborating with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, we that's, know. That's awesome.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. What were you going to say? Is there what? I just wanted to say that carbon is the second chain to utilize alliance right after our own chain migaloo, so that there is some some overlap there.
1: That's awesome! Look, look at us bringing it back together. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah well, there, was, there uh... is a
2: saying that you learn to make money in the first bull run, and you learn to keep your money in the second. <laughs> and I think uh, this holds true for a lot of us here, especially the wreck lunatics.
1: So oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're you're definitely right. Like every like every bull run of experience, which has been too, like you get a little bit wiser. You're like, oh, okay, this is how how it goes. So, um, yeah, de- definitely learning
2: experiences. So, how did you end up at Babylon? Yeah. Okay, so
1: so um, I started actually as a co-founder of CosmoSpaces. You know, you, we we interviewed you with Gaines, and so that's just a passion project we actually uh don't make money for that we don't charge people for amas we're just strictly about educating people um and
2: trying but to bring them into the just on a in, side note we yeah. have secured you a good spot in the validator set and i think the that, community values your um your work
1: yeah no that, that's 100 percent true and we're so thankful for that that you provided us that spot and saw the value in cosmos Spaces. So um, I was with Cosmospaces, still am, and um, thanks to being in Cosmospaces, I was able to attend Cosmoverse last year. And so I was sitting in the audience, and I saw our co-founder David. Uh, he just kept going, like to the mic, going to the stage. I thought he was a stage person, like just kind of helping out Omniflix. And so, like, he was just very particular about you know how things were set up. So I just thought he was doing that for other people that were going because it wasn't his time to speak yet. And he goes up there, and the first thing he says is he makes a joke about Zaki because uh, he Zaki had just gone up and talked about all these different protocols he's an advisor for. And so David was like, I was about to tell you guys how Zaki was an advisor for us, but I see he does that for everyone. <laughs> so uh, he just started off on, on like a great foot and told us about how um, he had let Ethereum know that their plan to switch over to proof-of-stake, Uh, actually had some errors on it and he pointed out the errors he didn't get a response from them then finally did and they're like yes you're 100% right so uh, the more he talked the more impressed I was by him he's a professor from Stanford and um, I was like wow like and and so just um, I was impressed with him as a person um, and then when he talked about quick unbonding times I was you know I, I, I came from a place where uh, if I had a token, I'd have to wait 30 days, 21 days to get my token back. And so, if you know, at that point, it didn't feel like it was really my token. We would talk about you know, your, if you seed phrase your, your token or your keys, your wallet, then it's yours. But whenever we take part of staking, it doesn't always feel that way. So, I that made me really interested in Babylon. And so, um, I, I uh, reached out to them. Um, to set up a space. And so I was, I was maybe one of the first um, first people in Cosmos to be able to interview them. I know CryptoCito had done the YouTube, but I, I think I did the first Twitter space maybe. And um, yeah, I just was really bullish on the project. And so months passed by, and then um, I heard that they hired Shalini, who was someone that we knew from eMoney. And uh, I, we had a great relationship with her. And so um, I reached out to her, and I was like, Hey, you know, the rest of the guys at Cosmospaces keep getting these jobs in web three games is going to stargaze tricky at Edmos at the time. And I was just like, how could I be the only guy at Cosmospaces not working somewhere? So I just told her, I was like, Hey, if, if you think there's a, a position that I'd be good for, uh, let me know. I, I'd love to work alongside and help out Babylon. And so she immediately reached out to me and uh, let me know that, that she had something in mind. And so uh, short story short, I've been working at Babylon since April and I've enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, the team is great. Um, they're so like kind with all their employees and they just keep working hard, keep building. And um, we're right in the middle of it right now. So there, there's a lot of stuff being built and we're really excited for it.
2: That's quite a nice journey. I, I wonder how many people are working at Babylon?
1: Um, I think we have about. Ten to fourteen people. Because whenever I I joined, there was about ten people, and so they're mostly all devs. Uh, the only non-technical people now are four, I'm, I'm line to you five, because we just hired a graphic uh, a graphic designer. So um, let me try to think. Two. We have about thirteen to fourteen people, if if I'm remembering correctly. But most of them are devs. We have Vitalis, um we have uh konjac we have um i'm trying to there are some crazy names one is like Filipinos, who's from greece um spiros who's our head of community yeah we we have some good people on the team and i always enjoy our our monthly get-togethers because uh everyone just in great spirits
2: and just sharing uh what we're building Monthly get together, so you're all in in the US. You're US based.
1: Oh, uh, uh, so my, our monthly Zoom meetings.
2: <laughs> <laughs> monthly Zoom meetings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah.
1: We, we we have like two people in Greece, uh, someone in Dubai, some people in California. I'm in Texas. Uh, we have uh, Fisher co-founder in Australia, and then they're constantly like David is con- constantly traveling, going to different uh, conferences, and so even though he's based in California. He's constantly, mostly uh, in Asia. I feel like um, doing conferences over there.
2: So I have a bunch of questions um, for for the Babylon Protocol and how it, you know, how it works and the implications. But be, last question before that, um, <laughs> how do you feel like, you know, working in a globally distributed, fully remote environment is different to, let's say, traditional work? So how does it yeah. work for you guys?
1: So. So that it's definitely had had been a learning curve for me. Um, I was used to just being able to kind of work on my own thing. And once it was done, then I could say it's done. But uh, working remotely uh, definitely has different challenges. Like you realize how important communication is. Um, You realize like you kind of have to just let people know what you're doing even before it's done. Uh, Because otherwise, you know, like you you don't see each other around. So you, people don't see you working. So, um, it, that part was a learning curve for me, but I was happy to do it. Like I, I understood, you know, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to communicate. And now, and I was also used to just working on small projects in Cosmos spaces where we kind of all have our own niche in, in Cosmos spaces. And so we, uh, each are like doing our own thing and then we're like, just present it when it's done to the team. And so it was, it was very different. Um, it, it was definitely more organized. Um, and, uh, you know, we, I have daily, daily meetings, um, with, with Spiros, just kind of talking about community and then what we're supposed to do. And so ju- I love that because if it wasn't for that, then, um, you kind of get lost. I remember when I was in college and I tried to take an online course and I had to drop it because I had no self accountability. So having those daily meetings definitely keeps you accountable and, uh, it just lets you keep going. So uh, definitely a different experience, but, um, I, I feel like they have really have a, a good handle on it and how to keep everyone productive and
2: doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I, I feel like that, you know, working in this fully remote and global environment is something that's not suited for everybody. It takes, you know, a high degree of you know, personal ownership and feeling of responsibility, mm-hmm. um, And some kind of self-motivation, which sometimes in the bear market can be a little bit hard, you know, for everybody, because everybody's invested personally. And, you know, so that's and and what I experienced is that, you know, leading the engineering team, that it there is some inefficiency compared to when you have everybody in a in an office where you can do, you know, your daily stand ups or um you can just go to somebody's desk and, and just ask him something real quick. Um, yeah. In this environment, you can't. And um, leading the engineering team, this sometimes is a little bit tricky because, for example, if there's people working in Australia, you know I'm in Europe, so there's around one or two hours in the morning and one or two hours in the evening of time overlap, which is kind of inconvenient for everybody. But you get used to it. And I think the ability to hire really talent from all over the world and get the best people suited for the job usually, you know, balances trumps. out this, you know, yeah, that,
1: no, definitely. Yeah, that, that trumps that, you know, that, uh, that hardship right there that it, it does make it, it gives you that positive for all, you know, for all the cons it could have. There's a lot of pros also.
2: Okay. So Eric, I have a bunch of questions. Um, <laughs> go for it. First of all, why cosmos? Because the way I understand your um, your product, it could be utilized for any proof of stake network. So why um, do you focus so heavily on, on the Cosmos? So if I look at um, Babylon Scan, I think yeah. you see all, all the Cosmos projects. Like cosmos. There are a couple of projects I don't really know, Hypersign and Ellis, but everything yeah, think- else looks like Cosmos to me.
1: You it, know, it's it's 100 Cosmos right now, and and we're built on Cosmos SDK. That that's the first thing. I, I remember uh, David being asked this question, and um, and so it, it was we're built on Cosmos SDK, and it, and it's because IBC is already set up, and so it makes our lives easier since everything's already communicating with each other. And so um, I I know that that was like what they looked at initially because that was one of the questions I actually asked them in my uh, AMA, and it was just like. He he believed in the tech behind Cosmos SDK, and uh, he saw like how it, it was better suited than like something like Ethereum, a proof of work chain, and so uh, that's why um, we picked Cosmos. And then since we're already in Cosmos, uh, what's the most natural thing but to get you know everything connected with these other Cosmos protocols? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um, and it. It's it's also a way of like showcasing our proof of concept within the cosmos ecosystem also. So uh, once if we prove we can do it where we're built at, then M- MOUs are already signed up with others also. So um I, I think it's just I think it'd be really sketchy if like we're building Cosmos and didn't have any cosmos protocols and trying to go to other, you know, proof of stake, proof of stake chains to try to get them to use Babylon. They're like, wait a minute, if you're built on Cosmos, why is no one doing it there? So it just made sense to just get, you know, it started here. And um, once I think, like, for, like um, they already had, I believe, 10 to 14 chains before I joined uh, Babylon. But, like, you just saw the ball rolling. Once, the you know, I saw, like, those chains already partnering up with Babylon, then it was easier to, to show people, like, hey, these chains have trusted us. And, and because the community always works together, I feel like protocols work together. Like, um, um, they help establish connections, networking. Um, it, it was just really easy to build in that way here. Like um, You see these other protocols also partnering up, making alliances. Um, I, I think it makes people feel secure in the space because of that reason.
2: So did I lose you? Uh, I think space has got a little hiccup. Can you guys um, hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I wonder how, how Elon Musk still can not figure out how to get these... Um, Spaces. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Such a large company. Anyways. I, know. I think I got most of, of your answer. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, I see, you know, in, in the audience here, I see a couple um, familiar faces from the from our community. And I, I think White Whale is rather easy to grasp. You know, we have a chain, we have a cross-chain DeFi app, you know, we have MEV, and we have validators. Um, but what's the... Maybe you can explain a little bit what Babylon does and what the effects, the immediate effects of it are. Okay.
1: So um, Babylon is trying to bring the Bitcoin asset into proof-of-stake chains. Um, We're trying to make it easy for any startup to be able to have immense security whenever they start, not, not having to worry about having their own token to secure their chain um we feel like bitcoin was just like the sleeping giant with huge uh, financial um you know with with huge with huge finances that is over 600 billion um dollars just sitting there not doing anything besides just being the digital gold and so um that is something that we we wanted to be able to use we wanted to give utility to And so whenever um, David thought of with Fisher, along with Fisher, other co-founder, thought of like the feature of of timestamping onto Bitcoin, um, they had in mind to do just more than that. Um, And so that's where our BTC staking also came from. So uh, how it works is a chain timestamps onto Babylon. And so we have a lot of chains timestamping onto Babylon. And so then we take all those and then timestamp onto Bitcoin. And that allows your chain to not have to rely solely on um, validators and proof of stake to confirm that you know transactions have occurred, that uh, uh, unbonding requests have happened. Like you, there is a, a fixed point that cannot be reversed, and so that is what allows you to be able to change the time in your chain that you require unbonding. Um, so right now, like some chains, I don't know what it is on Megaloo, Mi- on um, but some chains have like 21 days, 14 days. And so with Babylon time stamping onto Bitcoin, chains that are using Babylon can do it as quickly as five to six hours. Um, and so that's just one way of Babylon helping proof of stake chains being secured. Um, and then we're going to add additional security with the new feature that we're doing with BTC staking. Um, BTC holders won't have to use any bridges, they won't have to use any third parties, they'll just be able to uh, get their uh, Bitcoin, be able to pick a validator, stake their, um, their Bitcoin onto the, a validator that's, wor- that's in a proof-of-stake chain, and then depending on how the chain decides to do it, um, then receive rewards by doing so. And that's also just, that's literally using the Bitcoin to help secure the chain.
2: I think uh, the white account has a question
1: okay yeah uh,
3: hi um yeah really interesting uh interesting concept so in in my mind what i have as an um uh, as an um comparison in my head is ethereum and its layer twos right so you yeah. they're pretty uh pretty hyped right now all these layer two uh, tooth that are popping up left and right and the eventual goal is to have the same so to, uh, to use a layer two to have the same security assumptions or nearly the same security assumptions as you would have on the ethereum main layer and that is by proving um, like um, stamping the uh, consensus onto the Ethereum blockchain, and uh, in in my head, that is exactly the same uh, that Babylon does with Cosmos chains. So Cosmos chains essentially become the roll up of the Bitcoin main layer. Um, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on uh, on my thoughts here.
1: <laughs> I I think that I think like in theory, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like I think it could be looked into that. Um, so I I think that, um, yeah, like I was saying in theory, it could, it could seem that way. I'm hesitant to, um, say like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, but I think that, um, that we do provide it. I definitely think we could be like a layer two to, um, to Bitcoin. Um, and it's. It's something that we, like I said, we're just trying to provide more utility to Bitcoin. Um, so I, I, I can't speak further as to like what the, what the like founders are thinking exactly when, or like how they feel that um, Babylon should be should be thought of. Um, but that's just my personal opinion on that.
3: Okay, cool. Um, what are the so you you already mentioned like this this elegant mechanism where you uh, where you merge the the long term security of the proof of work bitcoin blockchain with the um, short term security or the fast finality of the proof of stain blockchains uh, proof of stake uh, blockchains w- what are the um, I guess uh trusted assumptions with babylon chain or th- let's say okay let's assume um that babylon is on 10 mainnets right now on on cosmos chains and then for for some reason the babylon chain goes down for some reason and the the states are not longer not any longer time stamped on as time stamped on the bitcoin blockchain what would
1: happen then and what what are other uh security risks that you see okay so I, i'm gonna tell you like what our what i've heard from our devs um as long as one node is active everything functions normally um also for babylon we time tam- we timestamp ourselves to bitcoin so in order for babylon to actually you know go down it would require bitcoin to go down too um so we, you know, that is not very likely. Um, but if for some reason um, they would all go down, uh, like you're saying, like Babylon goes down, then um, I, if I'm trying to recollect when I, when I talked to, to David because it's one of the questions I asked him. He said then it would just go back to business as usual with like the validator still um, securing your chain. If for some reason Babylon would go down, but like I said, that would require Bitcoin to go down. Um, to answer the the previous question that you had, um, I I just wanted to, to, um, reemphasize that we're, we're in L1 and we allow BTC and proof of stake chains to just thrive together with, while using BTC as a security backbone. So I think that kind of maybe answers better the question you asked me earlier. So, um, but yeah, the, um, with regards to security as long as one node is active everything functions normally cool yeah super
3: super interesting concept i'm still trying to wrap my head around all the <laughs> all, all the implications of that but uh, i i think it's it's a really interesting and forward thinking concept for sure
1: yeah like i said uh, whenever david was talking about in a cosmos it blew my mind like he is such a smart individual and the, the team they're so so smart giga brains um, that you know it, it takes a while for me to fully wrap my hand around w- what they uh, what they've planned and what they're working on
2: great I have a question yes um, I, I oftentimes hear you um, or Babylon say that um, integrating Babler on Mainnet allows you to drastically reduce the unbonding times, right? Yeah. Mm, one of the one of the thoughts I have is that, so on, on the one hand, the, the high unbonding times, so Migaloo has 21 days right now, mm-hmm. um, they're a security mechanism. But on the other hand, they also have economic implications. Because yes. it... it It takes a lot of velocity out of the system and stabilizes it because most of the native coins are locked up for a serious amount of time. And I wonder what are the economic implications of reducing that to a couple of hours and thereby drastically increasing the velocity of of the tokens in the economy.
1: Yeah, so it's actually a question I ask myself also, um, especially because I my thinking was like man you could really change the validator set if you can just you know unbond and stake so fast um and you're right that it does have economic you know effects but it also reducing unbonding time can have economic benefits um also we we believe that each chain should like decide what the unbonding the unbonding time should be so we we don't think that everyone should go to 5 hours that's just we want to let you know that there is that ability to, but you know, thinking about that financial security, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe it would be seven days. So you, or, or you could just leave it at at your 21 days. So it's not something that you have to do, but, um, but it's um, something that's available to you. So, and I, I feel like that chains shouldn't fear um this ability to unbond quickly um because it it, it will I think it, it gives the users more confidence in your chain because they they know like oh I I can literally move my tokens as fast so I feel like it I feel like with if you have the ability to unbond quickly and you don't that might seem like oh, okay the what what's the reason that this chain is not allowing me to unbond is there something I should be Worried about, so I think that there's nothing to fear whenever uh, you're able to unbond quickly. We have like liquid staking where people are moving their their assets, you know, left and right. And so I think that uh, being able to unbond quickly should be something that that could also provide, uh, like I said earlier, economic benefits.
2: Very interesting concept. Very interesting. Um, are there by any chance any um, any works being done on the implications because otherwise the only way to find out what the implications are is to wait for somebody to make the first step <laughs> and, and see what happens.
1: Um, so I, I, you know, obviously I, I'm not a dev, so I don't know if, um, if that's something that, that um, they've really talked about, but I, I do know that our team is always, even before, you know, we like, I can just tell you what I've seen right now. We're creating the BTC staking and I know that they are just like attacking it and trying all these different things to make sure it's foolproof. So, um, I, well, I know whenever it goes to mainnet that it it will be completely battle tested. And, um, so I, I, I don't know, like, I wish I had a dev up here with me to be able to answer your question better. Um, so I I but I can't answer that at the moment 21 days are due to to secure chains from like that long range attack right that's the social consensus um and it's not for economic um incentives so i it's more just for the for the security of the chain i don't I don't think it's for financial reasons but yeah, um, yeah,
2: true, yeah. true true but but still there are financial applications that's just yeah
1: I, they, they can't be okay here. that's true
2: but yeah um, to answer your question
1: about like oh um, have they battle tested it? I'm sure they have. I just, since I'm I'm not on the dev side of things, I'm not sure exactly you know what those things were. So I wish I did have a dev here to better answer that
2: question for you. No problem. Um, I, I'm quite sure that you're taking care of the purity <laughs> there. I'm, I, ju- I, I'm just very interested I, in the economic implications because yeah. that's something I don't see a lot of conversation. Mm. No, um, you're, about. you're right.
1: I I do know that they run tests daily, and you know what I wish is that they had the dev here to be able to tell you what those tests were.
2: Very interesting, very interesting, and I have another. Oh, sorry, I have another question for you. So when when I look at Babylon Scan, I see a lot of different chains. Uh, it's probably About twenty a... chains or something.
1: There's thirty one, I think. It might, it might have grown since last time I saw it, but there is like yeah, thirty one chains.
2: That's quite impressive. And my my question is, so um, at at Whitewell, we're building a cross-chain protocol. Now, it it involves smart contracts and it involves the front end and, you know, business and liquidity and all stuff. But what we found out is that scaling is incredibly hard and it, it takes an enormous amount of effort to streamline the processes to get it, you know, to get the whole thing efficient. Yeah. And I wonder, how have you been able to scale so quickly? What's your secret sauce? Because 30 <laughs> integrations is quite a lot. Uh,
1: I think what makes it so easy, it's like how simple it is um, to actually com- make that IBC connection. We have some excellent devs, and they're they're really good at what they do. So they made these inter- integrations like plug and play. Um, I know that, like whenever I've been a part of like the BD calls and, you know, trying to to get chains to integrate with us, all we, all we need is the RPC endpoint to the test net um, just to make that initial IBC connection. So um, I think just because of what we do, which is timestamping, it's, it's really simple to do. It doesn't require, you know, too much change in in software to, uh, to actually uh, start working together. I do know that whenever we start, um we keep upgrading the testnet whenever we upgrade to mainnet that there will be some type of uh dev work that will be necessary some engineering work um but from my understanding it shouldn't take more than a few days for for it to be implemented so um yeah right now i think what what the secret sauce is is just the simplicity of how like how easy our, our team has made time stamping and so and they, they made it so easy that all you needed was the RPC endpoint to be able to, to be in the testnet to be integrated in that way. So I think we're not doing like all these like crazy things maybe that, you know, whenever you have to integrate with other protocols you have to do, there's not that much information going back and forth. It's just a simple timestamp. Um, I do want to mm-hmm. mention that <laughs> our testnet is not a usual testnet. Um that comes like to mind usually, uh, because we are already timestamping on BTC and we provide total security at that stage. So it, it's not, it's not normal cause it's not testing what we do. It's, it's actually doing what we do.
2: <laughs> and what's your roadmap on bringing this to the main net chains?
1: Um, yeah. So when, whenever we had our BTC light paper, um, um, Twitter space, um, David mentioned that it would be Q1 2024. So it, it's it's happening here in, in a few months. And we're really excited about it. And uh, as far as I know, that has not changed since we had that, uh, that space.
2: Very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. No problem.
1: Thank you guys for the questions. Uh, it's a little early for me, so you guys have definitely kept me on my toes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's never a boring day in crypto. Never, never. Um, but, oh, actually, uh, I finished all my questions. Uh, no, one did? more question. Oh, no. I didn't. One last question. <laughs> okay. Or two. Sorry. All right. So, so we talked a little bit about the implications on, um, on cosmos chains or on the chains that consume this. Sorry, I lost you right now. Let me add Whitewell back. To the I, I wonder um, what are the effects. Hello. Hey, Sid.
1: Sorry, uh, you you completely went silent. I heard you say hello right now, but I couldn't hear your question.
2: Okay, well, Elon Musk. I'm getting angry. <laughs> yeah. he
1: got angry for calling him out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we we talked about the um, implications for for the cosmos that Babla are for the chains that consume the security um but do you think there will be any implications for the chain or for bitcoin in in that respect um that provides the security so this is
1: just my personal opinion i i don't think that there will be any implications because if anything we're adding value to bitcoin so if we add value that means that there's like more congestion happening and so i feel like Bitcoins, that means that we will be allowing Bitcoin's price to go up because we're giving it, you know, more utility. And I believe we'll keep Bitcoin miners happy because that means that they the mining blocks, what, what what they get will be, you know, worth a lot more. So I feel like I think people will be happy with what we're doing. and the, But that's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I don't see there being an issue with us giving Bitcoin utility in that way.
2: Um, how, do you... You know, interface a lot with the Bitcoin community. I mean, this is the Cosmos space, so yeah. Uh, I see Ghost Rider here with a Bitcoin PFP, but everybody else mostly got Cosmos PFPs.
1: Yeah. So, so it, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely something that we're we're trying to reach out more to, and it's a it's it's hard because you know there's the BTC Maxis that don't think any other chain should even exist on the face of the earth. And so what we're really trying to do is we're trying to reach out to the BTC progressives and we're trying to let those maxis know like, Hey, these other chains are here to stay. So might as well make some money.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Uh, I think you you guys bring, uh, bring actually a lot of value to Bitcoin because I mean, the, the main purpose of, of a layer one is to, to sell block space and you can only sell some something if it's demanded, mm-hmm. and B- Babylon raises the demand for Bitcoin block space. I, I think you're doing actually a tremendous service for for the uh, whole Bitcoin ecosystem and, yeah. and making making the Cosmos ecosystem more secure at the same time. So yeah, uh, I I think it's a it's a great uh, great win-win situation between uh, <laughs> Cosmos and and Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, that's our belief too. And also to answer your question, Sin. Our founders, our product team—they um, do have close um, close connections with BT- with the BTC community, like VCs, Wells. Um, so they're constantly talking, like um, about um, you know about the BTC staking and, and trying to get them involved. And so th- we have a lot of interest from um, BTC community members that hold um, Bitcoin. So to answer your question, yeah, we we do have a lot of interest, but. Um, I was referring more to just like the regular everyday community member that that you know we'd love to see in these type of spaces that that you don't see because of their strong beliefs.
2: I mean, I mean, you will find maxis everywhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, because there's cosmos maxis,
2: cosmos maxis. You know, I mean, there are even worse maxis, but you know, Bitcoin ranks quite high on the yeah. maxi scale. <laughs>
1: So I, I know that you've been, you know, asking me about Babylon, but and obviously you guys really liked, you know, what we're doing at Babylon because you are part of our testnet, You know, you, you you decided to do that. So, what what is it about Babylon after you learned about it and you know talked to us that you decided it was something you did want to integrate with?
2: And there are a couple of reasons why I think it's it's very interesting. Um, first of all, um, it can secure or increase the security. Now, this, the economic security of chains, that's mostly a, a theoretic attack vector. But, but still, um, it, it's critical to minimize any attack vector, so I think that's very interesting. What's for me interesting is, um, but also the, the main two reasons are, um, one, um, I believe this would enable us to interface more with the Bitcoin community, you know, give us exposure, because mm-hmm. now they could secure our chain, which, you know, makes them look, okay, what's this? Yeah. You know, what are these chains that we actually secure with our tokens here? So I think that's that's a very interesting, um, you know, value proposition I see there from, you know, getting these, you know, maybe maxis, maybe progressives to just, um, you know, open their eyes and see what's out there.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm also very curious um on the economic implications, um, as I said, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical because I, I I haven't done my or any extensive research or analysis on what the you know economic implications are by reducing the unbonding time by a factor of 40x or something. But still, I'm very curious to what it enables. So those are the reasons um, that I'm particularly um, interested in what you guys are doing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the the Whitewell account can share some some thoughts here. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, uh, so
3: so what my uh, what my mental framework is, especially particularly when it comes to unbonding periods. So if you look at Ethereum right now, uh, Ethereum doesn't have any unbonding period, I guess right now. Uh, so you can un- unstake your ETH at any time with with no waiting period and uh until now it it works just fine so uh i think um it's not gonna have like huge huge implications and i mean our eventual goal is as wide well as well if you, if you really think about it to have as deep of office liquidity as possible especially with our uh, liquid staking tokens, uh, which is amp whale and bone whale. so you can swap easily in and out of these uh of these uh, tokens as well. so um and then that would be the same quote unquote as like having a really short on bonding period. so in in my mind and people always want to earn yield so, if, yeah. If they hold even <laughs> even for for a week, you know, it's it's already worth to to get into the liquid staking token or to, just to to stake your tokens just because you're you're getting not getting zero percent. So I I, I guess um, it it for me now is uh, today I don't see why why it would be um, a dangerous proposition. I guess.
1: Yeah. And, and it's like what I told you earlier, like if it's a strong chain, they have nothing to fear with the fast bonding times. Um, so um, I, I did have a question. I know that you said you haven't looked you know, too deeply into it, but how do you guys feel about having BTC secure your
2: chain when it comes to being staked asset? I think it's fantastic. As I said, I believe that you know, this gives us good exposure. Um, obviously um, you know I've been in the space long enough to know how even if you know you do your best and multiple audits there is still a lot of layered risk I mean look just look at Euler finance who got three independent audits and and still got you know three or two hundred million dollars lighter in their protocol yeah. and I <laughs> so, so don't get this wrong I'm not saying you're doing bad work yeah I, I'm just saying that even the best and, you know, with double and triple security measures still get hacked, still um, get get exploited. And I'm just always a little bit on the conservative side when it comes to um, adding or layering risk, especially in my role where I'm responsible for for managing the risks um, yeah. associated with a chain. But I think... Um, in in general the risk of a fallout of babylon wouldn't a, as you said earlier um have huge negative implications on the the chains that are secured because they're still assuming there's still a lot of the native token staked which i believe will not change because that's where the people get their yield
1: yeah um, yeah
2: that... so in, in that sense um I, i'm not too worried about the those security implications of course there's the the integration and, and that thing that's usually a little bit uh, of a dangerous zone but besides that i'm i'm, I'm quite excited yeah no and, and
1: and i think i think that it's only human to to caution on the side you know on the side of air er- of error. so of caution i mean uh, be cautious so i completely don't blame you for being safe like you you do want to do your own research you do want to make sure that something is you know what it says it is so and that's always you know our advice to everyone is always do your own research make sure that um that you look deeply into into protocols into what what they're doing um and then you can make you know the right decision for you don't trust verify exactly
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think Sancom is right here. Yeah, I mean, for for me, like the 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 benchmark is always, I guess, uh, uh, um, if it survives the full cycle, it it has a good uh, track record, right? So,
2: I mean, <laughs> uh, we we
3: can we can still, I mean, we can integrate with you guys with Babylon and still leave our unbonding period at 21 days. It, it, it doesn't really hurt yeah. anybody, right? And then if uh, after a couple of years, when we have a good track record and maybe some other chains did the bolt move before us and uh, nothing happened to them, then we can still have like a shorter unbonding period, right? No no one yeah. pushes us when it comes to that. <laughs> and uh, just to have the optionality is, is a great thing, uh, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, just like I said, you have the option to. That, that's all we provide you is the option to. So it's up to the chain to the community governance to decide, you know, when, when that happens.
3: 100%. Um, so um, since I'm uh, personally uh, uh, a bit of a DJ, I would say. Uh, i'm actually curious um what what are the um uh, do you guys have a token um and w- what are what is the token used for and also what is uh, maybe you can talk about a little bit of your uh, about your long term business plan i guess how's babylon eventually trying to make uh trying to make money
1: okay so uh before i go into that i do want to tease you guys a little bit that um, you know, because we're in testing right now, but that <clears throat> these short unbonding times that we've been talking about, they'll be available within the next month or two. So um, maybe we'll see some protocols take the jump and then you guys can see, you know, pretty soon how that um, how that affects. Um, so right now we don't have a token, but we are working on our tokenomics. We have our product head uh, from MIT, Senka, who is working on finalizing our tokenomics alongside uh, David, Shay's uh, Stanford research lab. So um, yes, we do have a token that is being worked on, and they're just working on the tokenomics right now. So I, I personally don't know of how that we're planning to, on using it. I just know that that we're working on it.
2: Nothing you can tease. Because that's very interesting <laughs> uh, because you have a very interesting um, situation in in the way or in what you're building. And uh, I'm really curious how you're building a business out of your servers. I,
1: I do know that, um, that we're focused on the protocols use case right now, like 110%. So um yeah, I, I unfortunately I don't know uh more. I wish I could give you some alpha, but I, I don't know more than what I just told you.
2: Oh well, I guess we have to do another one. <laughs> yeah, I guess a
1: nice nice try, sin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hunting for alpha. Uh,
1: no, uh, I guess I guess I can t- I can tell you something. Um and th- this is a maybe. Um it is maybe possible that we will likely include um this tokenomic included into the BTC staking aspect. So you know that's that's my
2: maybe alpha to you. I, I mean if if it were possible to you know use your BTC, stake it, and then earn some some fee of the chains you secure, that would be interesting. Yeah, that, that, I think that's that would true. that would gather a lot of um, excitement from the Bitcoin community. I yeah. especially it's native because you you know it's Bitcoin Maxis. They don't like you know Ethereum, <laughs> and they certainly don't like wrapped wrap Bitcoin. But native Bitcoin and earning some you know like a basket of assets from other chains, yeah, tasty.
1: So, like, I I believe that if if what i told you you know it would be possible if our tokenomic or token would be used to like be included in that uh, btc staking aspect i think it could like incentivize higher apis from both sides um for btc holders chains providing uh, yield to btc stakers the fee of the chains um would be up to the chain's governance though um so like you like White, let's see Migaloo, you have a certain amount that you give to your validators, right? Whenever they confirm transactions. That doesn't have to be the same amount that you give to the BCT stakers. You can your governance and it could be a different it could be more initially to get more people to stake BTC. It could be less so you don't upset people in Cosmos. It just depends on your, you know, your community governance. So you do have an option of providing different yield to BTC stakers as opposed to just your validators and your stakers.
2: Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, we're, we're already experimenting and, and really spearheading this idea of using the inflation of, of your chain not only to fund stakers and validators, but more as a monetary policy tool. So um, similar to how governments subsidize certain areas or increase spending here or there, um, we're, for example, looking into bootstrapping our own ecosystem with part of our inflation using this alliance module or yeah. forming um, economic relationships with different blockchains or yeah, um, yeah. so a lot of interesting um, interesting possibilities once you change your mind from all right inflation goes 100% to stakers to inflation is a monetary is a, is a tool and we can use that to you know spur economic growth and development where we want it to be.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great thought. I completely agree. Um, so is there now changing the focus over to, to you guys a little bit? Um, or actually, before I do that, I, I do want to say like in order for crypto to thrive, um, we need like unity, right? We need uh, unity and, and proper collaboration. Um, that's I think unseen to the end user I think they don't need to know like what's going on in the background just just know that it, it works and then uh, other ways otherwise if it could just be like copy and paste I think uh, from each other so I think the collaboration is important that needs to be happening and um, yeah that, that's just you know how, I think how we feel also here in Babylon but me personally
2: uh, but I a hundred percent. I mean th- there is a saying in, in In army that if you want to go fast you go alone or in a small group And if you want to go far you go together Yeah, and I think that's beautiful um, <laughs> We want to so in crypto we want to go you know far and revolutionize, you know every aspect of society And that's why you need a lot of people Collaborating together. Yeah
1: no, no, that, that, that's such a great saying, actually. I, I had never heard it before, but I, I loved it. That's great. If you want to go fast, go alone. Want to go get far, go together. That's beautiful. Um, so is there is there anything, you know, going on with Mikalu that, you know, we should be excited about? Well, What's the latest and greatest?
2: Well, you know, sit back, relax. That's going to be a long talk. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut it short. Um, there's, um, I believe lots of exciting things um, we've been able ever since we launched to really build a strong active and permanently positive community no matter you know the market conditions and, and that's something I, I see rarely in, in this yeah um, bear market yeah actually...
1: I actually wanted to ask you because I know that y'all had a minor hiccup, right, um, recently, and I wanted to know like how how that's been for you guys with community and, like like what has been your experience with that?
2: Yeah, so so what happened is essentially a internal security incident. It wasn't an exploit of the chain or any protocol. It um, so from our um, foundation multi signature, we um, set or send some funds into a hot wallet that we wanted to use. And we wanted to use the funds to incentivize those Moses whale pool. And as it turns out, the wallet was compromised and the funds, um, got dumped essentially. Man. Yeah. That That's the, the long and short story of, of the whole thing. Um, of course, after that happened, we, Revamped all of our security practices and you know checked all permissions again and you know obviously switched wallets. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's so, the story behind that.
1: And and so, how, how do you feel like community has has been like you guys feel it's been mostly positive or has it been hard or you know like how, how did they take the news?
2: Um, mixed, of course, mixed, mm-hmm, but. I think it's it's very important that the community, um, you know, how do I say this best? Um, That the community gives pressure to us if we fuck things up. To say it in in simple English, because the community it's kind of like checks checks and balances because they ensure um, or they keep us on our toes, so we perform at a hundred percent at all times. So it's yeah. good that there was, you know, some pushback and that we, um, you know, got a lot of feedback and we incorporated that. And now I'm confident that it won't happen well, again.
1: Well, and like you said, like you guys came straight out and let them know what happened. So, you know, transparency, transparency is key. Yeah. I, I think so.
2: And, and to um, be frank, um, I, I know it's, it's a little bit, um, um, I don't have the right English word here, but I'm happy that it wasn't a protocol exploit or something on the chain and quote unquote, it was just, just, user error. <laughs> just an internal, you know, security breach, yeah. um, you know, considering what happened two days later with, with Curve, that would have been a nightmare for, for everybody involved. So yeah. um, I, I think we got away with um, some bruises. Yeah,
1: no, it, it definitely helps to know that it wasn't something, you know, from the, that was actually about the protocol. It was just, you know, uh, an issue with a wallet being compromised, definitely um, that way people can rest assured that the chain works as it needs to and that there's no security vulnerabilities with it in itself.
2: Exactly. But nevertheless, um, we we did everything we can to fix all the holes and I'm confident that the holes are now fixed.
1: Yeah. So, do you guys have any secret sauce on on bypassing any like? Because I, I, what I'm wondering is like, how have you guys been so successful in you know actually growing? Do you guys uh, bypass community rewards? Like, what's the secret sauce into into this growing that y'all are doing?
2: Um, can you specify? Growing what? So, because we have our own on chain ecosystem, Megalu. Yeah. We have our cross chain expansion. Um, we have our validators. We have our community. Um, what do you mean specifically with growing? I, I mean, Megaloo. Um, so, with Megalu, I, I think what we do very good and we put a lot of focus on this is trying to create win-win situations and actually this is something that we're trying to do in every interaction um, we have with any you know counterparty um, that whatever we do together with them benefits them and us so for example whenever we're trying to um, you know we do an on shape proposal for a liquidity injection or deploying on a new chain we're trying to do this in a way that both parties come out of the conversation with a smile because it helps both. And mm-hmm. for example, on Megaloo, we place a lot of focus on... So we're quite hands-on. I know that there's a different... So in, there's two philosophies here when, when it comes to building an ecosystem. I think Juno is a good example of um, the ex, one extreme of hands-off. So they launched a chain and the core team more or less was hands-off. You know, you guys build, um, do whatever. On the other hand, we're a lot more hands-on. So, for example, we vetted all the validators when we launched the chain. Now, obviously, the chain is permissionless, so we cannot do it right now. Everybody can buy in. But when we had the chance, we tried to get in only the AAA validators, the best of (laughs) the best, and a good mix. Yeah. And again, the chain itself is permissionless. But um, whenever there's there's interest in building, we're trying to support the teams building on our chain um, in any capacity that we have from, you know, advice on tokenomics and system design, um, community funding, so they get, get a part of the network and can benefit from the upside, you know, that, that they have a vested interest yeah. in the success of the network to helping them with PR, vertical integrations, and so on. And I believe that... Um, I, I see the blockchain and what we're building a little bit like like a child. You know, it, it's born and it can't work. You need to milk it and um, – or give it milk, not milk it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't give it milk. <laughs> um, and, you know, you need to learn to, to walk before you can run. And our yeah. goal is to, you know, you know, nurture the whole baby as, as good as we can. And once it can run, then we can go hands off. And I think it's, it's a, our strategy is a dynamic process. So right now, White Whale is the foundation and we have our hands in any in everything. And we're trying to streamline the whole thing together with a growing number of teams. And eventually our goal is to get all the tur- tokens into circulation, get them into the right hands, you know, in, in loyal and you know, supportive community members in the builders. Yeah. And um, more and more, not withdraw from the scene, but have others or give others a stronger influence. So at the, at the end of the day, we're not the core team anymore. We're the foundering team and just one of the core teams. Just one just of, one the of many strong teams.
1: teams. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And that's why we want to give, you know, we, we vet the teams that, that are building on Megaloo. They have to build. They have to prove themselves, and once they have done it, they've you know earned the loyalty of the community and you know the trust of the community and ours. Then um, we're open to giving them grants so they get a stake in the network, and really create this. It's actually a form of decentralization, so that when the core team is gone, there are five or ten more core teams who are hell bent on keeping the system going because they're so. They have so much vested interest in its success. And that's our goal here. And I think we're making good strides towards that. So if I look back back in February when we launched the chain and it was basically just the core team managing everything, um, we're getting closer and closer to the point where there are multiple teams um, who, who are getting close to, you know, if we were to disappear, which were not, <laughs> could, could re- replace us. And that's really the goal. Okay. That it's it's multi, multi-team and not just one core team. Yeah. So you, you've mentioned
1: community a few times, and it occurs to me that there's really like two kind of community members, which is, one is like on-chain users, and the other ones are just like your online, you know, social media users. Um, How has it been growing those two? What, what has um, been like the most fruitful thing that you've done you feel like that that has allowed you to
2: grow both those different types of community members yeah i I mean for the on-chain community they're not on social media um and and by the way you know a lot of people are on social media and follow things things they just don't post or listen (laughs) to um um twitter spaces or something so (laughs) yeah there's actually an overlap but uh, i think the best thing that we did to um, you know, build a strong community together is, you know, in this bear market, everybody's just busy with infighting. It's Goblin Town. There are so many slow rocks and, you know, scams that, you know, a a honest team that is building something to the best of their abilities is transparent, shares insights and um, exchanges, you know, ideas and thoughts with the community, um, I, I think is something that's rarely scene, and it's a nice refresher for everybody um, obviously I, I'm you know I can't speak for the community because I'm you know I'm working at Whitewell but I think <laughs> um, that's um, one of the core reasons so we have, for example we host weekly Twitter spaces community calls where we talk about um, everything that's going on on Migalu or on any of our satellite markets you know we have you know, our hands um, on a lot of different chains, which, by the way, helped us also in, in building our community. Because being a cross-chain protocol allows us to expand and reach out to to new communities by building on their chain as well. So that's always always a nice thing. I mean, yeah, um, Big P, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, do you agree with it? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's
3: always great um, to to get exposure to new communities um, uh, I guess yeah what I would say I, I I'm seeing actually a, a pretty pretty big overlap over our over, over on chain and and um, social media community and we have some really strong um, strong core community I would say uh, that supports us through thick and thin and um always uh, gives us feedback you know tests out our products and that's always super helpful to to get this feedback you know um we have community members that open up issues um on on our github um and it's it's really amazing i mean that's, that's how you really progress as a, as a project with, with this strong community. So, um, I'm actually, uh, actually pretty, uh, pretty proud of our community members and how they, how they chug along with us.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's definitely, you know, something that you want your community to be doing. And I think back to Sin's point where, you know, you're having your weekly calls, I think the community appreciates that and they feel like they're growing with you. You're creating something together whenever, you allow them to be a part of it. So I think that is very important. So yeah, yeah it's it's awesome what you guys are doing.
2: Well, thank you very much. And um, back to your very initial question, um, if there are any news around what we're doing. So we're quite excited that um, three protocols, three new protocols will launch on Migalu soon. One is a lending market and one is an NFT marketplace. And one is a prediction market. And once those things are live, I, I think I can comfortably say that we are one of the most developed layer one ecosystems in the whole space. You know, just by the sheer number of, of maintained and high quality applications and the, the broad range of offers that it gives. And this just is just in addition to our cross-chain deployments that we have on, on so many different chains, um, all bringing back value to Loop, but also providing value to the chain um, it's deployed on. So I think that's uh, very exciting, exciting developments here.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, are, are you guys working closely with the Raccoon supply team doing these things?
2: Yes. Um, so we have, I'm um, talking about, you know, not only building, you know, retail or, you know, user communities, but also developer communities and, you know, building this, decentralized developer environment on migalu
1: mm-hmm. is
2: we have a program called ride the whale it's a little bit cheesy but back in the days when we started <laughs> our cross-chain products it's over a year ago and at that time nobody was doing this we were the first to build cross-chain in the whole cosmos and the, the benefits are pretty clear once you wrap your head around this from from reduced risk to new markets and we we found out that building cross-chain is incredibly hard so we figured we can help you know different teams build and scale alongside us and that's what the right program does and Raccoon is the third team that joined this program. They have ever since migrated their token over to Megaloo. They have also um, deployed their apps on Megaloo and on our satellite markets. At least on some, they're still um, catching up on the remaining markets.
0: And was
1: there was their token on Juno previously or was it on it, secret? It wasn't
2: Juno. It wasn't so Juno. Juno. Okay, okay.
1: Cause I know that their NFTs were on secret, right? Or are on
2: secret. Yeah, the the, the rack NFTs are on secret. Correct. Yeah. Um, so they're they're still still catching up, and they um, just received a grant, or I think the, the proposal hasn't passed yet. Although it it hit quorum with ninety nine point something oh, yes wow. votes. Um, so they're receiving a grant. You know, remember when I said we want to make sure that teams that have proven themselves to be capable of building and leading um, that they get a stake and a part of the, say, in the networks, you know, giving the tokens in the right hands. Yeah. And um, they're doing this, and they're building a, a prediction market similar to a roller coaster on Ethereum. So cool.
1: That's awesome that, you know, you guys have that in that goal in mind, and then you see these, teams, these dev teams actually um, able to, to do exactly what you guys want, which is to build on Migaloo and, you know, grow and be maybe become one of the core team members that you guys are hoping to have
2: yeah and the nice thing of, of what we are offering is is not really hey come to our chain because a lot of chains say hey come to us come to us we say build with us cross chain
1: that's beautiful no, yeah it's a
2: different exactly it's a completely different value proposition we're live on six chains and our proposition is hey don't build on megaloo but build with us on our satellite markets together. And we help you build cross-chain. And it just makes, if you do this, it just makes a lot of sense to have your token and your DAO or your home or whatever on Megaloon. Because that just streamlines the whole thing. But, you know, if, if, I don't know, Raccoon says, hey, we want to focus more on Terra, that's fine because the way we build our stuff is that it's always interconnected. And if there's a lot of people playing the raccoon games on Juno, obviously Juno benefits, raccoon benefits, but white will benefits as well because the, yeah. the way how we build our, our systems. So, and, and that's what I said is a win, win, win situation. And that's always something I'm, I'm looking out for. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: All right. So is there anything else that we know we haven't gone over? <clears throat> Cause I feel like we've, we've talked about, you know, a lot of things and, We've uh, got to learn a lot about Whitewell, a lot about Babylon. <laughs> for those that, that didn't know, some of the things about Babylon. Um, but is there anything that you feel like we haven't gone over that you'd like to talk about? Um, I'm good. you good? I, I just want to say that I feel honored that Ponzi actually spoke in the space because he's usually, you know, the Whitewell profile. But I've uh, at least the space that I'm involved in, he hasn't talked in. So I feel so honored that you did, Ponzi. Thank you for joining us.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, it's it's an intriguing project and uh, and sometimes I I like to speak as well. So yeah,
1: thank you. (laughs) Well, you're really good at it. Yeah, definitely, you know, keep doing it.
3: Thank you, thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah. it was a very exciting space and we hit like 80 minutes, went over in a blink.
1: Yeah, it did. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. This was very last second, right? So, thank you all for being uh, open to, to doing the space. Um, I did wake up a little earlier than usual today. So, you know. No, uh, thank
2: just... you for getting up early. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you know, I, I did it because I love you guys. So, uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you very much. We really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone,
0: thank you for joining us. And uh, until next time. Spread down days, got them acting all faithless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They've probed this rare, flexing broken knives. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knives, and then the end a long day, 11 balls of chronic. Never known a politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of a- Just jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Click the cap Though the road is highly involved Flip a coin Diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt we rape and under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is surf. Trying to figure out the max amount of lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like this shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats, tearing apart your communality. All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back ten, stargazing after the siege, commanding all the management to grab a few seats, and then we're we'll up the beast and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers in the streets. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats, and if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each. Motherfuckers, fuckers, screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first, served Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rave under the earth, say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served